From Hagerstown, Maryland, the Associated Builders and Contractors of Cumberland Valley bring you their weekly podcast. This week we are talking to safety professionals from our members within ABC about how they're dealing with some of the new regulations for the COVID-19 outbreak. So let's join in on the conversation. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the ABC Cumberland Valley uh, Safety Podcast. We have uh, two of our safety experts with us this morning from our Cumberland Valley Safety Committee. Uh, we have Donnie Manning from Digging and Rigging and Jason Pickett from Warner, uh, well, Warner Construction, Warner Mechanical. Was, we're going to talk a little bit this morning about fall prevention. It is one of our uh, leading causes of injuries on job sites. Um, every year, typically every year, OSHA does a, a special uh, week or month devoted to um, fall prevention. And it's probably one of the injuries that more often than not, every time we look at could have been prevented if uh, we would have changed what we were doing and made sure that we followed proper procedure. Um, so the, the picture of the uh, gentleman standing on top of a, a stack of pallets on a forklift being lifted by another forklift to change a light bulb is probably not the right way to do it. Um, so uh, Jason, would you walk us through um, kind of what your fall prevention um, program looks like at Warner? Sure, be glad to. Good morning, everybody. Um, you know, and going back to the scenario that you just talked about with somebody standing on the pallets, you know, we do show pictures like that in training and, and everybody laughs and, and you get the, Oh my goodness, nobody would ever do that. But you know, people would, um, and they do, unfortunately, you know, uh, more common than, than, than we think. Uh, but I think people are just geared to, I have to do what I need to do to get the job done. Um, so it's, it's our job to try to change that mindset. And so training is, is very important for us. Um, fall protection training, it, we do it uh, for new employees. And then we also do it on, you know, a little different, but on an annual basis as a, a refresher. And, you know, so people hear different voices. I'll bring, you know, other people in the industry in and uh, manufacturers reps so they hear yeah, we're all singing the same song, but it's just a different voice. Um, but fall protection is is very important, and like you said, it is one of those injuries um, that that is always at at the top of the OSHA's list. Um, so we try to. I know, you know, everybody in the field has many many things on their mind, and. You know, safety is, is my, um, the main hat that I wear, the only hat that I wear. So I try to let everybody know, look, if you have a question, please don't ever hesitate to reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to come out and help you uh, find out you know, where to tie off, what type of equipment you need. Because with fall protection, it's not always, you know, a harness and a lanyard and a beam strap. Um, there's a lot of specialty equipment. Uh, for different scenarios, whether it's standing metal seam roofs, a lift, uh, you know, many, many, many different scenarios. Um, so we always try to, you know, 
please give us a call. I'm here to help you get your job done. But the biggest thing is I make it personal. I want everybody to go home and see their family and friends every single night. And if there is an injury or, heaven forbid, a death, um, it affects everybody, not just that person that got hurt or killed, but, you know, everybody has parents. Everybody has loved ones, friends, and coworkers. It's it's a huge ripple effect. Uh, So I really try to make it personal that if you get hurt on a job, it affects more than just you. Uh, So that's kind of my my take on it uh, or my stance on it. But we spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars with really nice equipment and devote time to training and education. Um, so, you know, it's, so these guys can get their work done and get it done safely. So uh, two things um, before we jump to uh, Donnie. Um, uh, one, you mentioned something there, and um, I, uh, to your employees and the folks that work at Warner, um, if, they're, if they're out on a job site and they're having trouble or they're not sure what to do to give you a call, and uh, it reminded me of something, you know, for all of the ABC members um, that are listening, as well as prospective members. Um, safety is something that here at ABC we take very seriously. Um, and if you're on a construction site and you're out there working and you think that you're, you're not sure where to tie off or you're not sure what to do, or for that matter, any type of safety um, matter, uh, call us at ABC. And uh, ABC members, um, it, it is part of your membership. Uh, we have a safety hotline. We will get you in touch with one of our safety committee members um, or two or three of them if it's a perplexed problem and, uh, or a complex problem that is perplexing us and we need to uh, figure it out. But those resources are there and available because we wanna make sure everybody in the construction industry goes home safe. So don't be afraid to reach out. Um, and for anybody listening, our number is uh, 301-739-1190 and uh, you'll either get myself or Kathy Gress and we will get you in touch with, uh, with one of our safety professionals um, from the safety committee you know, to help with that. Amos, that's such a good point. Um, everybody on the committee is, is so willing to, because we all have that same goal, every single one of us would hate for somebody to, to get hurt. Uh, so we're all willing to, you know, go out and, and help others. And it is such a diverse group where if I don't know the answer to a problem you might be having, you know, Donnie may have expertise in that or Bill. Um, but we all, you know, very frequently call one another or email one another and help each other out because it is such a diverse group. And there are hundreds of years of experience that sit on that committee that is willing to to help anybody out. Absolutely. Um, I've said before, you know, in in the construction world, um, we we may compete in many different ways with other businesses, but the one area that we don't compete in, but we uh, collaborate in is safety. Um, Absolutely. So uh, the the other thing, and I often tell the the story that I I walked into a plant one time, I saw somebody, doing something they were they, they were on a forklift being uh, raised up in, in a manner that uh, was not safe and uh, when, when the person came down they looked at me and they said well we we did everything uh, you know as safe as we could and I said now wait a minute I said what do you mean as safe as you could 
and uh, as I analyzed the situation, they were probably about you know, 20 feet up in the air and they were tied off with a 50 foot rope. Um, so if you, you do the math, if they would have fallen, the, you know, they would have hit the ground before the rope would have taken a hold um, to begin with. And they weren't in a man basket. And uh, the explanation that I got was, well, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you have to do to get the job done. There's no safe way to do this, but we did it as safe as we could. And uh, that's one of the things I think as safety professionals we encounter um, regularly. Um, I think that's gotten better over the years, but to that point, um, there, there is always a safe way to do something. Sometimes you just have to stop and think about it a little bit, um, but there's always a safe way to do it. Uh, Donnie, another thing we hear, I'm sorry, ahead. another thing we hear a lot, Amos, is, well, I've done it this way for 20 years. And, you know, that may have been the way to do it 20 years ago, or maybe you've just gotten lucky for 20 years. But with the advancements of the technology and equipment and materials, um, a lot of times there are now better ways, faster ways, more efficient ways that, that we can still still end up at the same same ending point, but it, it could be faster, it could be safer, and, and that's our goal. So please utilize your safety professional um, as a resource and you know don't look at them as, as the police officer, uh, somebody that wants to get you in trouble. We all want to get the job done, but we want to make sure you go home every day. And, and probably to, the, to that point of uh, this is how I've done it for 20 years, um, one of the most valuable things, if you can instill it um, in your workforce, is to have everybody do job hazard analysis, uh, excuse me, job hazard analysis. And um, it, it doesn't need to necessarily be something that is formal all the time, but once you, you instill that and people get used to doing it, um, as we bring new people into the workforce, um, you bring new experiences into the workforce and to continually do those. And, uh, you know, just a little piece on that. I kind of, at one point in my career, um, we thought that we had gotten to the point where we had exhausted basically over a couple of year period, we had analyzed every job that was available um, to be done in that plant. And I kind of thought, well, what is the point of continuing to analyze do the job hazard analysis um, day in and day out when, um, for instance, you know, let's say one of them that was done every day was clean the mixer. Um, what, what are you going to gain out of that? And uh, what I learned was one day we had a new employee and uh, they did the job hazard analysis and we learned something completely new in a better way to do And so if you can instill that and get people kind of talking in that manner and you know safety meetings job site safety meetings and those types of things that's where those those processes can be discussed but oftentimes you will find those items that have, you've been doing for 20 years when there's new people introduced you can learn new things about them. yes um donnie what about in the uh, in the crane world um you know I, I i always picture you know the guy that's on television holding onto the crane cable and riding the boom up to the, you know, the fifth floor, uh, you know, to do something. Is that what you guys do? Uh, no, we, we don't do that. Um, we, there are provisions in OSHA under certain circumstances um, where a certified climber, usually an arborist, um, if it's too hazardous for them to take a tree down uh, by climbing into the tree and there's no other possible 
means for them to reach that tree safely, um, then yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, we just had a job last week um, where we did that. We had a, an arborist that uh, needed to get up into a, a tree to um, prune some limbs out. There was no safe way for them to do that. So, um, but only when all other means have been exhausted and you have to be certified climber um, to do that. Um, our program is much like Jason's. We do do um, initial training when everybody is uh, first hired, their new hire orientation. Um, they are issued fall protection at that time. Um, we do it annually. We participate in the uh, annual stand down um, for MOSHA. Uh, we also stress very much um, storage. This is, this is something that your life is dependent on. So we want to make sure that you're storing it properly. You're not just throwing it uh, down on the ground, uh, not putting it somewhere where it can get grease and oil and, and chemicals on it. And uh, we also uh, provide with self-rescues so that uh, in the event that you do have a fall, um, you're able to relieve that pressure um, and hold yourself until you can be rescued. In that, that area. Okay. Um, one of the other areas, you know, when we talk about fall prevention, um, you know, working with ladders um, and using ladders. Now, ladders get damaged, and obviously, um, per OSHA, we should be inspecting our ladders before we use them. And uh, one of the things that I have seen over and over again, none of us as safety professionals would ever condone somebody using a ladder that is damaged. Um, typically, if a ladder is damaged, um, what do we do with it? I'm, I'm assuming you guys would, would dispose of them. We do, yes, uh, but we cut them in half, but that's not in half, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, from left to right. We go from top down, so I mean, literally, we cut it in half in two pieces left to right, so it is absolutely impossible for somebody to to dig it out of the, the dumpster and, you know, make a, oh, well, this used to be an eight-foot ladder, now it's a four-foot ladder. <laughs> um, we, we cut it in half the other way to make it impossible to do that. So, um, and I'm, I'm letting out a little bit of my, uh, you know, Pennsylvania uh, uh, country uh, uh, roots here, but uh, to that point, um, and, and so we do everything we can to make sure that nobody can use the ladder and the ladder's disposed of. And I, I just want to touch on this because it's something that I have seen happen many times. Um, I will be uh, come hunting season walking through the woods and come across, uh, you know, uh, somebody put a new tree stand up on, uh, on their ground. And I look at the tree stand and I look at the ladder and maybe it's a, you know, a 12 foot uh, or 24 foot extension ladder that was cut in half just the way you described and somebody put it back together and zip tied uh, rebar between the pieces to keep it together and they used that to get in and out of their tree stand. Um, yeah. Or, uh, you know, maybe a business doesn't have the, uh, the ability to cut it in half and so they, they tag it and they dispose of it and somebody pulls it out of the dumpster and they take it home. And so at that point, we've done everything we can. We, we threw it away. And if somebody takes that out, you know, that's, that's their risk. But at the same time, I think it's worth touching on. Um, home use, uh, hunting use, those types of things. Um, 
folks at home should be thinking about and using ladders the same as they do at work. If the ladder's damaged, they should be getting rid of it. Um, but to the point of the hunting season, even if it's a perfectly good ladder, um, people that uh, you know put something up and they let it up and then they go back and they use it you know a year later, um, they really should do an inspection on that before they uh, before they go and climb up it. And the reason I bring it up is every year we hear of injuries of people falling out of their tree stands. Um, and often, absolutely, absolutely. And weather is one of the most the the hardest thing on it, you know. And in construction, where do we store our ladders? On top of our vans and on top of ladder racks on trucks. So the sun's beating on them, you know, all year round, especially, you know, you think of a day like today, those ladders when we buy them are, are very bright, vibrant yellows and oranges. And, you know, it doesn't take very long and those, they're not vibrant anymore. It's because that sun is just beating on them all the time. And they're exposed in the wintertime to the extreme cold and, and snow and ice. And so inspection is, is vital. I mean, we preach that all the time. And like you said, we have to practice that safety at, at home as well, because if somebody gets hurt at home, there again, like I mentioned before, other people are going to be affected, not just them, you know, wife, kids, um, family members. And also, you're not going to be able to come to work if you get hurt. So why do we all come to work? I mean, I love my job, but if I had to do it for free, I probably wouldn't love it as much. You know? and, and I wouldn't want to get up at five o'clock every day. Uh, so we all do it to make a paycheck on Friday. So, you know, if you can't come to work, you're not going to make a paycheck. So that is vital. I think with fall protection too, Amos, so many people just think of the harness and lanyard and, and a tie-off point. But we need to think of fall protection as well as, you know, guardrail systems. Uh, that is fall protection. Uh, hole covers. You know, OSHA says a hole is anything two inches or more. You know, and you say, why two inches? I can't fall through a two-inch hole. But you could get, you know, twist an ankle with the heel of your boot, or it could make you fall if you're, you think you're carrying a, a four-by-eight sheet of plywood across a job site and you the toe of your boot caught in a hole, trip and fall, you could get hurt um, or damage property. You know, so the fall protection is much, much more than just your harness and lanyard. And as Donnie mentioned Storage is huge, and as you mentioned with the ladders, inspection is huge as well. So it, it's more than just, you know, what a lot of people just think of fall protection. The, the one thing I would add in there about the ladder protection for those that are listening, is it's a very easy rule, and that's the belt buckle rule. You never let your belt buckle go outside of that ladder rail um, because then you're off balance and everything. It's very easy. Uh, we teach that, and we stress it for home use as well just never lean outside those outside rails the belt buckle rule and it's easy to, to keep track with that um, we do much the same thing with our ladders that are unserviceable we will cut them lengthwise uh, so that they cannot be used um, cut down like jason was saying from an eight foot to a four foot so we cut them lengthwise as well so the, the belt buckle rule now, does that mean I can't go up the ladder and then while I'm up there and I need to move over two feet, I shouldn't use my feet to, to, to jump and, and walk the ladder over? Is that not safe? That's definitely not safe. 
Okay. Right. Ladder, if at all possible, on an extension ladder, the, the top of that ladder should be tied off um, and extend three feet past uh, if you're going to be getting off of that ladder onto a working platform. And you, you should also make sure that what you tie the ladder off to is not movable. Um, um, I, I have told this story before as well, but um, I, uh, uh, when I was young, I worked at a feed mill, but anyhow, uh, I used a ladder that uh, was already put up in place. We were working on a garage door and uh, the so the the ladder was put on the outside of the garage door uh, track and the garage door was up and uh, they had the person that put the ladder up had tied the ladder to the garage door so that it wouldn't move and uh, so I went up uh, the ladder to uh, replace some rollers and uh, anyhow long story short uh, because the ladder was tied to the garage door, um, when the garage door went down, of course the ladder went down. Um, so thankfully I wasn't hurt. There was something there to fall on. But my, my point to the story is oftentimes we're working with others as well. And you should always question and still inspect, even if, if your partner has said, put the ladder up and I tied it off, you're good to go. Um, you want to make sure that they knew where to tie it and that it is tied off properly and those types of things. Um, you don't want to rely on that other person. Um, they may think they did it correctly, but maybe they had some oversight or they missed something. You know, Amos, I, when, when, when I came to work at, at Warner, um, you know, I was looking at, I wanted to get a snapshot of, of where we were accident-wise. So uh, a lot of people you know, trend their accidents. That's very common. Um, so I started doing that and, you know, it's very easy to pick, you know, some low hanging fruit that are, you know, easy fixes there. But one thing I found was in five years, we did have a few ladder accidents and, and it wasn't a number that threw a red flag to me, but when I started tallying dollar figures to those accidents, it was, very, very expensive, the amount of dollars that had added up in workers' comp claims. So that turned into, you know, doing some more training and education. And really what we found with that is some people were using ladders incorrectly. Um, and, you know, in the construction industry, we use ladders all the time, step ladders. So we looked at, you know, what we were doing, how we were doing it, um, and we have totally changed. Uh, we've, we've gone away from what I'll, and I'll put it in air quotes, the, what everybody thinks the normal stepladder is. And we've gone to what is called a lean safe ladder. And all the big manufacturers have them now. But you can set it up you know, fully extended with the spreader's lock, like a, a normal stepladder. Or you can lean it up against a wall or a studded wall as well. And there are added safety features in there where that bottom will not kick out um, because that was some of our injuries. People were either getting in a hurry or they were in a tight spot where they couldn't extend it the full, the whole way. So they were just leaning against the wall and then the bottom was kicking out. So we've totally switched and gone to lean safe ladders. Now that was, 
you know, they're a little bit more expensive than, there again, I'll use the air quotes, your, your ordinary stepladder. But, you know, if we could prevent one injury, they would by far pay for themselves. And that's what we as a management team decided to do. And knock on wood, but since then, we have not had any incidents due to that. Um, and there are other manufacturers like JLG um, that have come out with some options um, in areas where you're doing aerial work that you might have used a large stepladder for, uh, that they have some very, very small profile. Um, uh, I'm going to call them man lifts, um, but they're on wheels. You can wheel them around to where you need to work, and then you actually get in them. Some of them are electric. Some of them are not. They're hand cranks. Um, and uh, yeah. you, you crank yourself up to where you need to work and you're working within a basket, um, which is much safer as well. Uh, I just heard recently, I believe it was Disney actually um, went, uh, they put these uh, units in, uh, JLG units in um, everywhere where they had uh, in the past needed to have a ladder to service their equipment and now they have these uh, units in um, stationary that they can get in and hand crank their uh, you know, the maintenance person can hand crank their way up. Um, so there, there are lots of new technologies um, coming around or new types of tools. Um, so, you know, I would encourage everybody to take a look at what's available to them. Um, and especially if you haven't looked in, in a while, the new ladders, as you described, um, the new lifts, uh, the new fall preventions that are out there. And just make sure that you're perusing uh, uh, you know, the web and uh, uh, looking to see what's available. And there again, if, if somebody has a need, that could be you know a topic we could do as a roundtable, or we could do some training for a company. If there is a need, just reach out to Kathy or Amos and, and let us know. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Um, and thank you everybody for uh, listening in and hopefully, uh, hopefully you have found some good information or some encouragement to uh, take a look at your fall prevention program. Thanks for joining us today for the podcast from the Associated Builders and Contractors of Cumberland Valley. If you'd like more information about us, please check our website at abccvc.org.